You have found yourself listening to First Issue Club. This week, we're talking Martian Manhunter, Prodigy, Die, Tumblr porn. First Issue Club podcast, the podcast where we lead you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape. You want to get into comics? We read first issues weekly, the hottest ones that come out. We cover the greatest comics that ever were and that ever will be. Who do we have in the club today? And because we're reading Die, which, spoiler alert, is about a dice, when's the last time you rolled a dice? <laughs> when's, the, when's the last time you took Lady Luck to dinner and rolled those dice? <laughs> Who has a gambling addiction? <laughs> I'm Mike D. I've got no clue. I don't, I don't roll dice on a regular basis for any game. What about in life? You gambled? Yeah. You gambled oh, any choices? like a metaphorical yeah. dice. Yeah. I like that way better in if this, we can do that In as this an instance, yes. You ever come up with snake eyes? <laughs> Well, my name's Mike D, and the last time I took Lady Luck out to dinner, I was strolling down the street in my black and white suit, and my face was red all over. I was blushing. Ed saw a woman across the room. She was dashing. I thought, let me give it a chance, give it a whirl, say hello. I rolled those die, walked on up to her, and said, Hey, tall legs. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. What that did was, tall legs say? What did tall legs say? <laughs> Get out of there. I walked up to her, and I said, Hey, tall legs. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Are you in Tom and Jerry? <laughs> Don't I recognize you from a children's costume? I love that. I walked up to her, and I said, Hey, Talix! <laughs> she looked at me and said, Snake eyes, buddy, and slapped me straight across my fucking face. Oh, that's what happens when you take Lady Luck out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Rolled those dice, sometimes it flops. This is Budget King, and... <laughs> I like it was just a stark move. <laughs> so, my... Uh, this is Budget King. My, like, health insurance makes me go to... It's like a building that where you could get all the services that you would need. Like, a ne- I might have a need or an ailment, and I roll the dice, and that that's the room I go into. So, I may have wanted to get a mole removed, but I come out with open-mouth surgery with no Novocaine. <laughs> Open mouth surgery. Open mouth surgery. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It's it, yeah, it's all the rage. Yeah, <laughs> I, you are you are rolling the right dice, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Russo, I'm sorry to say we have to perform open mouth <laughs> surgery on your leg. <laughs> this is Greg Lichtai. On my car, I have tags on my license plate. The only problem is those tags expired in October, and I went to go get them renewed. They expired in like July. Oh, I have tags on my car, and they expired <laughs> in July. I went to the DMV to get them renewed. 
apparently I didn't have the right paperwork, and I didn't want to go back to the DMV and go through that process over again. So I've been driving with expired tags because of, you know, white privilege. And <laughs> every day I roll the dice that if I get pulled over, I'll have to pay a ticket because I have expired tags since July. Six years ago, I read The Secret, and I've been putting out into the universe that I don't want to get a ticket for expired tags, and so far, it's been working for me. You will it. Yeah. My name is Caitlin. Literally, I rolled the dice probably a couple weekends ago playing D&D, but figuratively, I rolled the dice this morning when I had a stare down with the box of cookies that one of our interns brought in. Three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks ago? (laughs) Oh, boy. But I um, treated myself to an oatmeal raisin that was so hard, and I immediately regretted it. You basically just ate a plate. As the club knows, I don't bring food with me to work because I'm a terrible meal prepper, and that I don't do that. So I had no other food, and I finished that rock cookie. (laughs) I think it's safe to say that the question has been answered. (laughs) The club members are prepped, so let's get this podcast started. First up, we got Die number one out on image by Karen Gillen and Stephanie Hans. If you don't know, Karen Gillen does The Wicked and Divine. So, Die is a book that we find out is inspired by the 80s television show Dungeons and Dragons. A bunch of kids end up in a universe and just never come back from it. That is essentially what happens in this book. There are kids that are playing a role-playing game. Crazy Solomon opens up a box and says, I got some crazy-ass die. We're going to play adult D&D. Rolling those dies lead them to another universe where they go for like two years and somebody comes back without an arm and good old Solomon dies. Uh, Or at least they think that happens. And the rest of everybody else grows up. And they become adults, and they have to struggle with this until they receive the die that that character had rolled, and it's bloody. And they get back for a reunion, and what do you know? They go back to that realm again to find out that Solomon wasn't really dead, and now he's the game master. Can I just say I love things that blur the line between fantasy and reality. (laughs) This isn't blurring them. This is straight up saying that there's two different realms of them. Yeah, there weren't any blurriness. I w- Sorry, I take I'm humiliated. <laughs> oh, well. So many things are harkening back to like 80s series and like using D&D to kind of paint this like can't be funny like I'm talking about stranger things and I'm, I'm sure I'm talking about a few other things that have or been Or the influenced. like the million of uh, D&D podcasts that have yes. surfaced in the last yeah. 3 years. And I think this one stands far out because it is more modern. While it is influenced by the 80s series, it's not 
oh, this is a charming retelling of all the things we loved about that era. It is very modern. It is very, very bleak. I think it's worth saying, too, that they're not all together. They have parted ways, and they have actually been forbidden to talk about what happened to them, so much so that it has pretty much ruined a lot of aspects of their lives to where they can't really heal from what happened to them. We never find out why they can't talk about it. I think it's the rules in the realm. Yeah. Because when they go back to the realm, Ash or Dominic Mm -hmm. says, oh, okay, since I'm the leader now, because I guess Saul was the leader before. He's Mm -hmm. like, I can make up the rules now. Yeah. There's actually like, Mm. there was some weird word they used that was like. G's? G's? Yeah. G-E-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Sure. Guys. Yeah. Which I Googled and it's like. Scottish mystical spell oh, shit. that like <laughs> prevents you from speaking about uh, something. Oh fuck, really? Yeah, so like that... a very specific magic spell. And the stakes are really interesting too because you don't really know if they're going to try to do right this time what had been wrong. So there's that stake of the otherworldly stuff and then there's the stakes of maybe not having that much to lose because mm-hmm. a lot of them are have been able to find new lives that have evolved out of what happened to them, and some of them haven't. So you almost feel like it could be escapism. That's part of what the author's notes is talking about, too, is that he wanted to write a bleak story that actually brought him to tears, thinking, like, a lot of people don't ever live up to what their younger selves want from them. Yeah, right. In terms of the adventure and what they want to turn out like, and that that's really sad, or that they don't ever grow up. And stay in that form or function, and that—that's. Yeah, we get two examples damage. of that in the story. Yeah. Two people that didn't live up to what they wanted, and two uh, a person that just never grew up to begin with. Yeah, this is it, super tragic. This is my dream scenario, to be honest. Getting like sucked into my D and D adventure. Yeah, just living that world where fantastic things can happen. And you're serving, like, a fantastical purpose. Yeah, and and that's not to say that fantastical things don't happen in our reality right now. I mean, like, we have things, we fly, we can talk to people across the globe in seconds, but, like, there's something different about being, like, sucked into, like, a magical land. Like, you can conjure up things and... I also think it's about that you get to lead the adventure, or be on the adventure. Yeah, of course. I don't know. Like I could, I could join the Peace Corps and kind of just like yeah. I could, I could try to find a higher purpose. But you don't get to don't wield want a sword to. in the Peace Corps. No, it's the opposite of peace. Yeah, it's the War Corps. Yeah, the War Corps. Should we start a War Corps? Yeah, we should. I think that just makes me think of our D and D group and how bad we are, though, because we end up like getting ourselves stuck into things where we're brokering deals for bestiaries, and like that is the exact opposite of things that you want to do in adventures, like. <laughs> Why are we doing that? We are. We then transform into the people that we want to be in real life, and we're like, do you know what we should try to do? <laughs> is we should try to send this poor little orphan boy to school, and we're gonna roll every day to see how his grades are, and like that's the shit that ends up happening. I just think it's so funny now that we're talking about that that that's what we should be doing, <laughs> and I'm, we're not. Every time I play D and D, I'm always jumping down to windows and trying to sell drugs. <laughs> Why do we do that? I don't know. Maybe that's what I want to do in real life. Um, (laughs) Stephanie Hans's artwork in this was phenomenal. And she actually did probably what was the best variant cover of Ironheart last week. Um, It's beautiful. Um, And it immediately went for like 40 bucks and is like skyrocketed after that. 
but she this is her first uh like sequential art that she's ever done. She normally does like one-off pieces and stuff. It is eye candy the entire way through. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you guys notice that Dominic switches his gender when he goes into the other world? I wrote that mm-hmm. down. Yeah. I I told that to Mike and Mike was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. I didn't notice it at all. I was just like, all of a sudden, the lines of his face were way more feminine. And I did recall, like him using female pronouns when discussing the character that he made at the beginning. So confusing. Yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute, the person I'm actually following is not his sister. I had to read right. that first panel yeah. like three times, and I'm like, what am I missing here? Yeah, but I thought that was really. Brilliant. Yeah. I didn't mean to say your word, but I, yeah. yeah no, I, a, I agree. This book is the obvious pick of the week. Big that, time. Without yeah. a doubt. Easy peasy. It's sold out yeah. everywhere. If this stays as good as it is right now, this could be Image's next saga or East of West or, or Wicked and or Divine. Or Wicked and Divine. Yeah. God. Next up, we got Prodigy from Image Comics. Comes this winter's hottest new book. Soon coming to Netflix from Mark Miller. Prodigy. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, Prodigy. (laughs) Here's Prodigy in a nutshell. There's a boy, inexplicably, good at everything. He's a quick learner, you might say. Mm -hmm. An autodidact. There's no pill he takes. There is no curse that is put upon him that makes him... It's just him, which is... Just magical brain. I don't... I mean, that's kind of just, uh, to me, too easy of an explanation. But you know what, Greg? I buy it. You, you told me he was smart. I believe it. Did I need 90% of the comic to tell me over and over again <laughs> <laughs> that he was a prodigy? It was honestly 18 pages straight of just him being like, Oh, you got a problem? I got a solution immediately. Yeah. I'll perform surgery on my friend. <laughs> I'm playing chess with 24 people. It was like... I learned kung fu. I get it. He's fucking smart. It was... I, I, the kung fu thing, I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> this is, you From watching Jackie Chan movies? He's like, I'm watching uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and uh, Bruce Lee movies, and now I know kung fu. Like, give me a goddamn break. I thought that was supposed to signify mostly his desire to prove himself because he's also doing stunt challenges that other kids are asking him to do. And so I feel like it's supposed anymore. to signify, like, yeah, he's very smart, but he is stunted. Like, he is <laughs> yeah. not progressing. And I thought that maybe that was supposed to, like, signify some storytelling that we would get later on. Maybe. There's, there's a scene where it's, like, the same kid who challenges you for all the other dumb stunts wants you to drive off the top of a building and, like, wreck your car into the side of another building and, like, keep driving. And he's just like, well, I could decide between that or solving the world's hunger problem. 
guess I'm driving the car off the fucking roof next week. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I'll do that one and all of his other challenges too. Doesn't he say like something like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do all of it. So, and that to me, that's the smoking gun right there. This kid is not a kid. He's somebody else trying to figure out this fucking guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. Oh, We've, the kid challenging him? Right. We, like, that's probably like his his rival or something sorry, we're we, going to find out. We, we skipped this, like, the premise of this book, though. No, uh, I we, don't think didn't, we did. We didn't. <laughs> I think we skipped a major plot point, though, is that there are materializations that are happening. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, let, yeah, me, yeah, let yeah. me not be so curt. <laughs> Flash forward, he is this playboy, philanderer, philanderer. (laughs) he's this playboy billionaire who is uber smart, uber successful, people come to him for guidance and for help on the world's problems, and he's basically just like James Bond mixed with Hugh Hefner mixed with the ShamWow guy. I mean, he can do no wrong. But he has like unbridled arrogance. Yeah, so he's like Batman turned up to f- fucking 11. I think I would be arrogant, too, if my whole life I could solve anything that I wanted to solve. True. True. I think that they're setting that up to be like, oh, this smug asshole is going to get something handed to him that he's not expecting. It has to be. Ha- he has to find a problem that he can't solve to, like, put him in his place. I feel like he is also maybe a wee bit lonely. Oh. They do set up this girl in the at the end, the CIA agent, to maybe be his partner from the looks of the next cover. Oh, right. Okay, so let me... Okay, all of a sudden, in Australia, things start appearing out of nowhere. And we come to find out... In the middle of people's bodies. Yeah, so, yeah. So people are exploding because cars carrying dead rats are just appearing. And we find out that there's a parallel universe that is... We, we think is trying to invade... Our Earth. And he's like, has this giant thought boner for it because he just wants to solve <laughs> this mystery. Yeah, he is brain hard. And he is ready for it. <laughs> brain hard. The thing that I related to this book, though, is like, I kind of had a lot in common with him. <laughs> oh my God. And like, I'd love way. to hear more. Yeah. yeah in tell. some ways, where it's like, I, I kind of feel like I'm unchallenged. I'm constantly just. I am the top. I am at the the apex of my game, and you're everything. challenging. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do agree with that. Um, and so, yeah, like every time I read this, I was like, well, I guess I could be the star of a comic, kind of. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to read this? I don't even. What would you read it in? <laughs> Probably four minutes. Yeah, I read it like two minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, this was going to be a show before the comic was basically even written. So uh, we've already covered another. Millar Netflix book, which was Magic Order. Magic Order. How do you guys feel about it? That it's basically we're reading an, a, a comic adaptation of a TV show we're gonna watch in six months, six months, six months to a year. It feels odd. Does it cheapen it? It doesn't make it better. I don't know. I have a tough time with like what how I think about it. I think for us it seems cheap because we're used to like small creators making it big by getting something that they were very passionate about adapted into a TV show and that's like the highest achievement. And for us, it seems very fake to have that be reverse engineered, but that maybe doesn't necessarily mean that it it sucks or it's lame. I think just from our perspective of comic book fans and comic book creators, 
it seems very manufactured, but uh, how important is it that somebody who isn't super successful write a thing in comic book form first that like then becomes a show? I mean, we had we knew when we covered Crowded and when we covered Magic Order, we knew as we're covering those, those were going to be shows, shows, and those were two great first issues, and I don't think it changed the quality or integrity of that book at all. But I feel like Millar intentionally wrote these comic books on the intent of making them into Netflix shows. I think they created Crowded just because the creator wanted to make an interesting comic, and someone was just like, you know what, that actually make a good TV show. Yeah. I I feel like the sequence of events was different. Yeah. I can tell you if they do focus on maybe his more personal issues and it isn't just really, really smart guy saving the world, I will be more interested in this and I could potentially get bought in. Yeah. And the fact, like, the whole sci-fi thriller premise that they introduce with future invaders to, like, present-day Earth is interesting. Don't they think the materializations are tied into an impending invasion? Yes. Yeah, so we found out in the last panel that they think that Invaders from a parallel, parallel dimension, universe—that's what it is—are trying to. They, well, they're experimenting. They're doing trials. With, yeah, with these rats and small animals and stuff, and these futuristic cars, and then later with humans, and they're getting burnt up. They're jumping to that Earth. Yeah, honestly, if the book would have delved into that a little bit more and hadn't been just so many pages of this guy being a smart prick. I mean, it doesn't make you like this character to just watch him be, like, awesome at everything for, like, a million pages. Given that we showed him getting his ass kicked when he was young, like, that's something that automatically makes you think, like, oh, I'm rooting for this guy. But then he was almost intolerable for the next, like, 15 pages. He got bullied and he got beat up. He learned kung fu in a weekend. He doesn't learn perseverance or any kind of life lesson. He just takes an afternoon and watches Enter the Dragon and all of a sudden knows how to fucking kick ass. Like He's like Neo. He, essentially, like, what is he learning from life? He's just skipping all the hard parts that we all have to go through to learn these yeah. lessons and why we're learning these things. And, and what w- happens to him if he can't crack it? Nothing, Then right? he cracks. If I fucking swear think? to God, he better be a robot. I'm thinking robot. Who's with me? Hands up. Anyone? Anyone? No. I'll, hands go, up. I'll go alien. Maybe maybe alien mm. that's like from this other parallel universe. Oh. And that's where the CIA is like trying to like Interesting twist. Infiltrate. Um, this is something that I feel like is very comic book fandom related in that Tumblr announced that they're taking all of the porn off of off of Tumblr. And there's a lot of fan fiction, comic book inspired alt culture pornography on Tumblr. Yeah, uh, Tumblr just signed their own fucking death warrant with that I, one. Yeah, I mean to be honest. I'm not trying to be like I'm the guy who likes Tumblr porn, but it isn't that kind of what makes Tumblr Tumblr is like letting your freak freak flag fly. I kind of yeah. Th- yeah, I kind of think it's when I think of Tumblr porn, I think of people liberating themselves and finding a group to be, like, uber comfortable with who they are and what turns them on and not necessarily, like, a gross negative world. Yeah. I thought Tumblr was supposed to be the Wild West of 
expressing yourself. And I, I read an article that said the reason that they're doing this is because uh, they can't sell ad space. People won't, bu- the, like, ad advertisers won't go to Tumblr because... You're kidding me. That can't be the reason. That yeah, was that's speculation. Ins- that's nuts to me. That seems like it would draw even more people to well, you, want it. And you just get the right marketers on the right pages, exactly. right? If they're getting tons of visits or there's fandom there or a culture or group yeah. that's supporting this unique thing, good luck finding better targeted advertising yeah. than something that has like a super niche cult following. Maybe they don't have the technology to like specifically target those pages that are doing those things for their marketers, but, like, figure that shit out. It's 2018. Well, even at the base level, like, those people also buy groceries and food and stuff. Like, totally. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Market to them, too. Yeah. We're Everybody all very lo- angry about the removal of porn from Tumblr. <laughs> well, I, I think it's in my, innocent porn, though. I, That's the problem, is, like... I don't think it's innocent. I don't know that any porn is innocent, but at the same time, I think that there's nothing inherently wrong with porn. Yeah. So you can't you can't say blanket one way or the yeah. other. Well I guess said. that's true. Yeah. There's yeah. certain there's certain I think there's certain groups of people who have a hard time finding something that represents them or speaks to them in a positive light in as a pornography outlet. Well, like most things are super male dominated, right? Mm-hmm. That Tumblr is a place where people are creating things that are for gay people, for trans people, for women, that isn't just, like, hyper-masculine and hyper-aggressive towards women. You know what I mean? So... Which is 99.9% of porn. Completely. Male-oriented, aggressive sex. And I mean, if Tumblr's getting rid of that, I guess hopefully... Something else will come up. Something else will come up and make a fucking ton of money, probably. Like, why throw that away? I don't know why Tumblr, like, do they think they're going to be, like, heralded as, like, saints for this? Or, like, like what the fuck were you thinking? Didn't Instagram do the same thing, though? You can't have porn on Instagram. Could you have, though? No. You never could. That was one of their main mm-hmm. things, yeah. Yeah. No nudity. Okay. Twitter you can, for whatever fucking reason. You can have nudity on Twitter? Yeah. I've been missing Have that. you not been seeing some of my posts? No. Is it just, like, the the commodi- no. commodity that the, that's, I don't know. It seems like the, it seems like a move you would do in like 2002 to be like, oh, we're gonna make a stand against this. Yeah, because uh, Reagan was president. And because in 2002, that's what the terrorists <laughs> would want. Yeah, the terrorists want porn. <laughs> the terrorists, I forgot. I think it's easy to say, like from a, a helicopter view, there's porn on a social media platform. We should get rid of that. But upon, like, any closer inspection or you ask anybody who knows, like, the vibe of the community of Tumblr and it's just such a positive outlet for alternative culture, like, I just think it's a bad move. I think, go ahead. So hear me out. So we do this with our food. We want organic food. We want things to be, like, fair, fair trade. Pure. Like, why is, hasn't that been applied to the porn industry? Like, you see, like, uh, movies like Hot, Girl, Hot Girls Wanted, and, like, you understand the negative side and the globalization of human trafficking, and, like, no, don't want any of that involved in any porn that I or anyone that I care about would want to watch well, or be exposed to. But, like... 
I think, are you asking because you want an answer? Or are you? Well, sure. But I mean, that's that's the kind of porn that I think, yeah, have that on. I mean, I don't care. If I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to put safeguards in place so that my children wouldn't be able to right. watch it. Like, I don't want to tell anyone else that they can't. Totally. Do that. Well, so it's not I, just I think porn being removed. It's, just, it it's nudity in general. Cage free. <laughs> <laughs> cage free porn. There yeah, we go. Free yeah. range porn. I think you have two questions there. One, it's like, yeah, just censor Tumblr as a whole. Don't just like or just or basically put on safeguards so like younger kids can't use Tumblr or at least warn them a bunch. Don't remove what makes Tumblr Tumblr. Yeah, if it's something that's just too hard to manage, then make it a gated thing that. You have to have a free username and password to, and click a button that says you're 18 to access it. Also, right. it's not one person running the Tumblr server. They have people, <laughs> like, doing safeguards and checking these things. The, t- Tumblr did have a problem with child pornography when it first started. Uh, oh, did it? Yeah, but they shut that shit down because they, they have these safeguards. They, they have people patrolling these sites to take this stuff down. Yeah. So it's like you already have these safeguards up. What I don't understand right. getting rid of pornography or nudity altogether. Because you don't remove people having to monitor it. Having nudity you on Tumblr more things to hurt, monitor. hurts who? Say what? Having n- nudity on Tumblr, who does that harm? Big porn. I don't even think <laughs> big, big porn. porn. The Monsanto of porn. Big, big, <laughs> yeah, big, big box porn. I yeah. love this analogy, though, and I think yeah. I'm sold on it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the porn lobbyists in Monsanto DC. porn. Okay, yeah, that's actually getting their sticky that. hands. Yep. In the pockets. Very sticky hands. Their sticky hands <laughs> in the pockets of politicians. Or maybe it's like late night uh, Skinamax wants to come back, and they're like, Tumblr has really cornered the market on what we used to offer children. What in the world do they have to no. offer Tumblr <laughs> to make them change their minds? But this is definitely not the case because you're not going to have any place like C- Cinemax making like furry pl- plus size can- furry <laughs> trans porn that is that was available my, on That was my Tumblr. understanding is that it was like, oh, you can, you want Pokemon porn? Go to Tumblr. And it's yeah, like, right. sure, I don't, I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah. Like, not to get off just because it's funny to see the Bulbasaur with a giant penis and shit. I don't know. But if someone, I don't know, maybe it's not healthy to get off of that stuff. I think it's. Who says? But yeah, yeah that's right. That's, that's, I'm not going to knock somebody I for think, getting off on that. No, and I think, I think we've made it pretty clear during this conversation that we're all in support of yeah. like people finding outlets for whatever their thing is. That it's a great place to yeah. go and yeah. like not yep. be, not be judged and find a community that encourages whatever your your freak flag. First issue is. club supports your kink. Whatever it is, yep. as long as you're safe and you're not hurting anyone, yes. we support you. Yay. Yeah. Here's my, here's my question. How many of you read Martian Manhunter and were just like, I understand what's happening? I know they had sex. That was awesome. I felt like it was like language immersion. It, I didn't understand yeah, so much of it. I mean, I've, I know that I'm supposed to like it. And I know that they wrote this character in a way that made it appealing, probably to us, literally. That was, like, who they were going for. But missed the mark a little bit. But I also just don't give a shit. We, we could review it and be like, yeah, go read this one of 12. I really like his character, so I do care about it, but I don't... I didn't... I feel like even knowing uh, what I know from the show, because it does delve into his backstory quite a lot. So this is true. Okay, yeah. I I thought they were starting this new thing. Even knowing that, 
I have no fucking clue over a third of the words that they used or how their society was supposed to be functioning. I don't, I didn't. Yeah, it was kind of like a trippy stoner adventure in in the sense that it's like we're on these we're on this weird alien planet or what are the alien rules yeah and i think some of that was just supposed to be like geeked out stoner stuff yeah but at the same time it is cool to see that character like being a man hunter yeah like like he's been named yeah and that's true you don't ever really know where that comes from totally so here we are discussing whether or not we should discuss Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. number one out on DC Comics this week. And we are currently discussing it, and you've been listening to us hash it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> the book is by Orlando and Rusmo. So this creative team, I think people were really stoked for them to do this book because they do different off-the-wall stuff, and they've certainly taken a very popular mainstream DC character and done some weird off-the-wall stuff with it. And I guess people are saying it's been a while since he's gotten his own individual book. Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. What has what uh, this team done before that's off-the-wall? No clue. I'm not familiar with this team at all, but I've, I've had people say to me that, like, I love these guys. Okay. We're looking it up. Do, 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 do. But I'll say that, like, the art in this and the way the narrative carried through, n- no way clunky wh- what you would expect from a DC superhero comic. If I feel like if this was a small pub original character that was just trying to do something wacky, we would judge it differently and hold it to a different standard. Because we get we get him on Earth currently as a crime detective solving a murder with some people. He's in hiding, right? That's what it seems like they're trying to say. Yeah, that he's he's just hidden himself into this human Yeah. Social what do identity. they call that? Social s- structure. Yeah. Why do all superheroes turn to a life of solving crimes? Can they just not get away from doing Crime solving. I mean, there's other ways to do good, is what I'm saying. And I understand that that's the impulse. You want to get bad guys. Yeah. But you don't all have to be detectives or PIs or CSIs. That's a good point. You just cracked the code. This is something (laughs) where it's just like, yeah, when was the last time there was a story about a hero who was just like, you know what? I'm not going to involve myself in your fights no matter how how grim the circumstances are. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah. So we said this a little bit before, but Martian Manhunter, this is written like an indie comic. It is trying to get all the comic book readers into it, which is us, which is our audience. Um, it is a successful, good comic that does that. There is some confusing things that happen where they jump between Earth and Mars. I assume it's Mars, right? Mars and some- It is Mars. It's Mars in the uh, distant past because there used to be this... Um, civilization, la- large civilization on Earth, and we get a little bit of context into the yellow Martians versus the green Martians, which is the war that like destroyed and killed John Jones's family. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, sorry, ruined it for you. <laughs> yeah, but I think that if you come into this not knowing who Martian Manhunter is, that you're just like, what timeline am I in? What the hell's going on? Who are these characters, and why is this guy? on Earth now doing what he's doing. Yeah. 
I'm intrigued by anything you throw at me with this character that's more than him being just like the mind meld for the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Or not the Avengers, sorry, the Justice League. <laughs> Ooh, boy. I'm Give gonna, me your nerd card. I'm going to hear it. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's my nerd card. but I love the relationship with his wife and how Martians mind meld and they're together for like millennia Mm -hmm. Uh, they know all of each other's fears and innermost secrets innermost secrets fantasies all that stuff it's just on the table yeah and Um, the other thing that we learned about is that they can take on different forms and at one point in time Martian Manhunter's wife is like Stop wearing your professional form, and he like slims down to tiny little little Martian man. Oh, it's his uh, social form. Social form, yeah. Social form means he's got big pecs. <laughs> yes. Did you see that in the very first like double panel of them introducing you to the society? They talk about the kids that are graduating high school, and it's kind of like their prom. And they're like, or maybe not their prom, but they're talking about like, oh, you're getting ready to like choose your first social forms and like we'll help you through this process. It's like an ad that's being Hmm. like, I thought that was maybe just trying to help you understand, which I maybe needed more tools like that to tell me what the, what is all the, what are all the words that you're saying? Am I supposed to understand them? Yeah. A little more of the society building would have helped. The the more we talk about it, the more I love it because I feel like there's very neat things about this character that have just not been very well explored in the past of how they make you a person, how your relationships are with your loved ones. When I think about if this was my base state but I could change into anything I wanted to change into, like how would that affect my life? Yeah. The subtext of this this issue is called The Prisoner. The next issue is called First Contact. And what I was thinking plot-wise is that he's in hiding. Maybe the fear foam and all that stuff is designed to draw him out. Because technically, he does make first contact with his partner. She didn't know he was an alien. She doesn't know anything about his world. Yeah. He is a prisoner in his form right now in hiding on this earth. Maybe that's designed to draw him out. Because it does seem like he's hallucinating because he's getting tripped up mm. in his own memories. Yeah. And not like anything sinister is going on outside. Are but you sure? maybe th- somebody's trying to draw him out. Yeah. Which is potentially someone from his past life. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I think what I struggled with as far as the density of it and the immersion that was required to read it is actually what would make it really, really fun to reread. Which I, we talk about not that's not true for a lot of books. No. You said that this one was this one was called The Prisoner. Are you sure that the next book is not called Of Azkaban? <laughs> is this JK Rowling again? Did we get duped? <laughs> Did we get rolling? Is there any is there any pot pothead? Did we get Rick Rowling? Rick Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good premise. Uh. It's yes. like, yeah, you open up a comic book and it's, oh, it's Harry Potter again. <laughs> <laughs> I got Rick Rolling. Yeah, it's this giant-ass fucking novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just a few pages. It's 700. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> you open one page and it just folds out into a million other pages. Gobby pops out. <laughs> Did, um, yeah, I'm loving everything about. Did you my Did you see that right there was um 
There's a Doctor Strange uh, in that X-Men thing. Tell me more. And then the, he was like, Octavus Repairus. <laughs> oh, I think we just got uh, Rick Rowling. <laughs> you think you're reading a comic, but you're reading Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry, it's a hat. Yeah. You're a wizard, Harry. That's what it is. You're a wizard, uh, Harry. I don't, think, I don't think that's it. Wizard, Harry, you're a lizard. You're a lizard, Wary. <laughs> You're a lizard. Be wary, you're a lizard. (laughs) Barry Sanders, you're a lizard. (laughs) This is first issue club quote corner. (laughs) You've eaten your gizzard, bizzard. (laughs) (laughs) You've eaten your gizzards, Barry. (laughs) It's like telephone. It's like telephone that started with a wrong quote. (laughs) And we're just making the wrong quote worse. First issue club making the wrong quotes worse. You're in a blizzard, Terry Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's our guarantees that we will make any quote more incorrect. This is a blizzard, Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, we can end it on that, <laughs> I think. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> This is a blizzard, Dairy Queen. <laughs> we finally got it to make sense. <laughs> that was really good. You're great. in a blizzard, Terry Gross. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, if you found that funny, you are in the right place. Welcome to First Issue Club. This is what we do. We are a podcast. We cover comics. We have music by First Issue Club. Oh, sorry. We have music by (laughs) Primary Color Musics. We are edited by Matt Hodap, who is a fan of Harry Potter. We are part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts, and we are recorded in KCUR Studios. This is Budget King, and I have a lightning... uh, scar on my forehead you thought you were listening to a podcast but you got (laughs) rick rolling rowling wow (laughs) also a reminder facebook twitter instagram gmail linkedin discord find us on there first issue club give us a review on itunes be sure to rate five stars uh instead of giving a sign off i'm gonna play a little snippet from this cool band i found called the baseline bats um, Matt, go ahead and play that sound clip now. They're just really upcoming guys, so enjoy this little clip. These guys are going to be huge. Did you make this song? Yeah. <laughs> this is where it really kicks up. Should we uh, end with it? Sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> we should lead with it. I think it's weird to... You lead with your it, strongest well, is foot. Well, is it funnier to play baseline bets for two minutes and then have Caitlin and me do our goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> or should or do you want to sign off last and, I, and I, go into baseline bets? I could say, well, I don't have any two-minute clips for you all, so I'll just say <laughs> I'm Caitlin, and I'll show myself out. I'm, I'm Mike. I'm Mike. Bye. Bye. I feel like I have a career in Dolby Digital um, things at the end of theaters. Movie. At the end of theaters. Hey, man. <laughs> Did you hear the dinosaur one? Oh, hold on. <laughs> yes. This, this, this is Greg. Are you going to play this? Oh, sorry. All about-